Good morning, everyone. Feel free to take a seat. <laughs> Welcome to this morning's worship service. It's a morning that holds a different kind of beauty to last week's. Last week, we could shed our, our jackets this morning. It seems like we're actually going to be keeping them on. So welcome, good morning, goeiemorgen to this morning's service. Special welcome to you if you're here for the first time. Um, and even if you're joining us online for the very first time, special welcome to you in joining us this morning. I want to start out by reading Psalm 100. Uh, Psalm 100 only has five verses, and this is what Psalm 100 says. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Let's open in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning that you have made and that we can rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you that you have spared us another week, that we could indeed have another week of experiencing your grace and your mercy and your sovereignty over our lives. Father, this morning as we come together to worship you, to encourage each other, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be present here with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we are going to have some birthdays. I want to share a birthday list with you. So I'll just read out all the names that we're going to have for this coming week. So today, in fact, is Debbie Hoffmeyer's birthday. She's here. I'm not here. I don't see her. There's Elaine Smith today, Ivy Cornisi. We have Neil McDougall as well today. And then tomorrow is Suzette Nabi. On the 16th is Jared Janssen van Rensburg's birthday. On the 17th, it's Lauren Denny, also from Evening Congregation. Then we've got Hayden Stoll. I don't see the Stolls here. Then there's Pamela Brinders and Amy Greener on the 19th. Ethan McPherson as well on the 19th. And then there's Kevin Fisher on the 19th as well. We pray God's blessing over your life if you're going to be celebrating a birthday this coming week. Also, if you have an anniversary that we don't know of, um, we pray God's blessings over your, of your celebration of being together for so many years, however many those years are. Now, I've got some notices to share with you as well. Um, just three of them. So this past Tuesday, we had our invitation dinner for our Youth Alpha. It was a great event. We've got some of the young people here in front who were involved. It was an awesome evening. And I just wanted to say to you that we still have space for more young people to join with us. Um, if you are wanting to do that or if you know of a young person who would value that and be able to join in with that, you can do so by Going on to the church website, there is a link there as well that you can use. And then during the week, we had our QGM on Wednesday evening. Thank you, thank you for everyone who was able to join with us, whether that was online or in person. And just some feedback for you, for those of you who were unable to join with us. So Adrian Harrod, I don't see him here this morning. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> So Adrian Haddad was re-elected as elder. Let's give him a hand. <laughs> and then we also had Sharon James, who is a newly elected elder. Sharon James, as we know, worships at the classic side. And then the following members were elected as deacons. We had Malcolm Hilbrand for evening congregation. We are so uh, glad about that. And then we had Sunday Sinyinza for taking over the missions portfolio as well. 
And then the church members presented, um, at least accepted, the new missions policy, which was presented on Wednesday evening um, by the missions committee. And then finally, we also noted that giving for May was fantastic due to an unusually large deposit, which took our giving to 110% of budget for May, which is amazing. So we are grateful to see an increase in giving. Um, year to date, our giving is currently sitting at 89% of budget. And then also our, our elders are aware that we still have a number of PBC people and households that are under significant financial pressure. And, and some of them are even in distress. And our care ministry normally assist these families through grocery Sundays, Explaza, and a portion of our annual budget. But grocery Sundays and Explaza remain on hold. And although we have already allocated additional funds to our 2021 care ministry budget, the need is greater than our current supply. So if you would like to help PBC families who are in need, please consider designated giving to care ministry in particular. And this will enable us to increase the number of families who receive care and support during this very difficult season. So I just wanted to pray finally just for, for those of us who have been able to give during this time. And just to say a prayer for, for how we are going to administer those funds. So join me in a, in a short prayer. Father, we thank you for your provision for us during this difficult season. Father, we thank you that even during this time we have been able to continue to manage our households even under difficult times. But Father, we, we, we thank you that you are the Father the owner of cattle on a thousand hills. And Lord, we ask even as we continue to manage this part of the work in this, this vineyard, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to bless us with wisdom and discernment as we continue to manage and steward what you have given us for this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. It's by the grace of God that I'm standing here this morning. Just want to give him all the glory and all the praise. Exactly a month, two months ago, today's the 13th, and on the 13th of April, I was actually on the operating table at this time where they actually removed part of my stomach. And uh, they sent it away to see if, they, if, it, if it wasn't cancerous or anything like that. And the doctor came back after four days and he told me they've checked 21 of the lymph nodes and 17 were clear and four were cancerous. And you know, through, through it all actually, the Lord actually just gave me that peace that surpasses all understanding. Before I went in for the operation, the guy actually that needs to put me out, he say, Mr. Brown, you're going in for a major operation. And I was just listening to him, what he told me. And uh, I was focusing on the Lord. I say, my Lord, you are in me and I am in you. I cannot do a thing, but I can trust you because you're the only one that can fix me. It took them about about six hours because why they need to do a lot of cutting and uh, on the small intestine to make the top part right of the stomach and uh, and then after about f six hours I woke up in my ward and I and you can't cough and you can't sleep because everything is like loose in your stomach and all that and I was lying there and I thought to myself, but I never actually put my mind on cancer or anything like that. I know, I told the Lord, it's by your grace alone, and it's you that is, are the person that's going to carry me through. And you know, I came home, 
after about 10 days, I was for 10 days in ICU. No food, nothing, just wires and stuff, drip connected in me and all that. The only thing they gave me is a glass full of ice. You need to actually just put a block in every time and all that. And you know, after seven days, actually, they start feeding me through the tubes and all that. And it's so funny for me because why when I go home, you drink a glass of water and your stomach is full. <laughs> you want to eat, you can only eat a little bit. And the, and the daughter told me, actually, but you are like a, you are like a pigeon now. You only eat here and there. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is this, I, what I actually told the wife and the three daughters, please, let's live our life as normal as we can. Because if you're going to cry, then I'm also going to cry. And we live a normal life just trusting the Lord and all that. And this morning, you know, when I went for the five day on chemo, I was fine when they put all the chemo. But after the five days with no chemo, I just went totally down, can't eat and all that stuff. But after nine days, my body, like I'm standing now, yeah, I'm standing like a person that is totally healthy. I believe there's no cancer. I believe that with all my there's nothing because why they're fishing for something now. They say, we're actually doing, we're doing something to you now that I can't see, right? Because we've taken and removed everything out. There's no cancer anywhere else. The cancer was only in the stomach. But I've told the wife and Andrew and them also, for 30 years I had the stomach problem. The problem was always there. That's why I say pain is a blessing. You know, when I started eating, I told Andrew and the wife, there must be a hole in my stomach because the minute I eat, it's just pain. My whole stomach was paining and all that. And then I went to see our GP and he's making an appointment with his specialist and all that. And the guy said, look, we got to open up. They first put a scope in and check everything and all that. And when he opened up, he told me, that's the way we're going. He gave me the a whole plan of what he's going to do and all that stuff. And I just say, look, I'm just trusting the Lord for his grace and his mercy because we serve a good God. And, you know, in times uh, when we actually go through these things, that the Lord, through everything I went through in the past, he always comforted me with his peace. And that peace that surpasses all understanding is always there with me. I didn't have a worry or anything else because I know, Lord, your will needs to be done because it isn't my will, it's your will. Whether I leave this earth or stay, it's up to you. But today I want to give them all the glory and all the praise. I'm still going for chemo and I'm going on the 21st for radiotherapy. You know, I don't know how long it will be. They say it's going to be for a couple of months or so. But my Savior is always with me. He is my strength, and he's the one that carries me. I just want to say thank you for your prayers, and also thank you for all the food and the meals that we got from you guys. Thank you. Father, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit here amongst us this morning. Father, we ask that you continue to linger here amongst us, continue to move in between us touch us fill us in jesus name amen amen so it's not my turn this morning we actually have the pleasure of having one of our other elders um share God's word with us this morning. So I'm going to call upon Hilary. Hilary is going to be sharing God's word with us this morning. I just want to take a moment just to pray for her. And then we'll hand over to Hilary. Father, we thank you for Hilary. We thank you for her life. We thank you that you have decided to place her here with us. Lord, we thank you for your presence with her in this week while she prepared this word. 
And now, Father, as she continues to present to us what you have presented to her, we ask that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you are wanting to say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's fine. Thank you, Bevan. Morning, PBC. Morning, Explore. It's a privilege to be able to speak God's word this morning and to continue the series that Craig's been preaching, The Power of Ministry. And today's topic is making people whole. Matthew 7 verse 11 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Luke 11 verse 13 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? His gift to us is Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. And he wants us to continue doing what he did with the same resources that Jesus had, the Holy Spirit. Elijah and Elisha ministered and did things, great things, from and by Holy Spirit's power. And then scripture tells us that John the Baptist was the greatest of all Old Testament prophets, greater then than Elijah and Elisha, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven, that's you and me, is greater than John the Baptist. Why? How? We have living within us the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, someone John the Baptist didn't have living in him. So thank you, Father God, for the gift of Holy Spirit to us, always working in us to cooperate, to bring glory to Jesus, and to empower us to bring glory to the, and honor to the name of Father God in Jesus' name. So today's topic is making people whole. So I'm going to tell you three testimonies of Jesus bringing wholeness to people today as we prepare to see how Jesus wants to bring wholeness to us and then through us to the world around us. And I have permission from the people whose stories I'm going to be telling to tell you these stories anonymously. And then after I've told you these stories, I'm going to create a bridge that will help us to understand the Bible passage and then look at the scripture and see how Jesus made a lady whole and how he wants to make us whole in his name as we pass on that healing, first to us ourselves and then to others. So firstly, three testimonies to help us to have a vision for what God is doing today. She had been fasting and praying for her marriage. They were each in their own cave of hurt, anger and unforgiveness. In her Bible reading that morning, she read Proverbs 21, verse 19, which says, Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. And she realized that she was a contentious and angry woman, and she didn't like living with herself. A friend phoned her and prayed with her on the phone and told her about the online Love After Marriage workshop which was soon to start, but registrations closed that evening. So she and her husband filled in the registration forms that evening and found the Love After Marriage workshop to be a lifeline for their marriage. In the couple's personal ministry appointment via Zoom, he dealt with passivity issues that had triggered her anger and rage issues. He had seen passivity modeled in his childhood home and that was how he learned to be a man. He forgave his parents for being inadequate role models. And then he went very deep, using the tools that I sent you this morning on the WhatsApp group, the Nothing Hidden Ministry Forgiveness Tool. 
she dealt with the root of anger in her family by forgiving the parent who'd modelled anger and rage as a lifestyle in her home. And she used the one, two, three, skidoo tool, which I also sent you this morning. She used that tool on anger. So Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 says, He cancelled, that's Jesus, cancelled the record of, re- of charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. So in that tool, she nailed anger and rage to the cross. She broke agreements that she'd made with anger and rage. And she asked Jesus to take the root of anger and rage far away from her. And she asked Father God what he had for her in place of anger and rage. Let me tell you what she said in a voice note. Using the analogy of an electrical appliance, she said, and I went back to my voice note, so I'm quoting. Holy Spirit turned off the anger and rage switch on the wall. It felt like it had always been on standby. Now it's been replaced by a deep sense of peace and calm. The switch to the anger appliance had been switched off the, has been switched off at the wall and now it's normal. If you want to switch the appliance on, you have to switch it on at the wall and go through all the things to get it to work. And then she said, It's an incredible feeling and a shift in my spirit. The couple also said that if they hadn't come for ministry, they would have continued struggling with these issues and thinking it was just life. So that's the first story. The second story. An incredibly talented person. Yet yet when asked what he would like to leave in the room, and never deal with again, he said, the feeling that I'm not good enough. He asked Holy Spirit to take him back to a memory when he had first learned the lie that he wasn't good enough. In the memory, he told how the neighborhood children wouldn't allow him to play with them in the street because his skin tone was darker than theirs and they'd chased him home. The enemy had told him the lie that he wasn't good enough because of his dark skin tone. I led him through the forgiveness prayer. He did a lot of work during the ministry time, forgiving the neighborhood children, not only for what they had done in excluding him, but also for the effect that the exclusion had had on his self-image and his self-confidence all his adult life. And he nailed to the cross the lie that he wasn't good enough. And he nailed to the cross the lie that your value depends on your skin tone. After he had finished forgiving and nailing all the lies about his value being dependent on his skin tone to the cross, I asked him to go back to the painful memory of the children in the street sending him home because he wasn't good enough to play with them due to his darker skin tone. I asked him to picture the scene again. When he could see himself in the scene, I asked him to look around and see where Jesus was. The response was immediate. Jesus takes me by the hand. Jesus walks with me as I walk away to the house, leaving the children in the street. He holds my hand. I asked the man to look at Jesus' hand. He burst into tears, sobs, big sobs, heart-wrenching sobs, deep, deep heart-wrenching sobs. And then he blurted out the statement. Jesus' hands are the same color as mine. Thank you, Jesus. A couple signed up to do the Love After Marriage online workshop as a last ditch to attempt to save their marriage. They live in a small town. 
a place we would most likely never have taken the Love After Marriage workshop. In fact, she, she's asked to see, hear the link to this talk, so she's going to be listening to the story as well. Um, uh, we would probably have never gone there if it had not been for lockdown. So one of the advantages for us in lockdown is that we've been taking the Love After Marriage workshop and the Single Life workshop to places via Zoom that we would probably never have had the opportunity to go to and probably have never been invited to take this workshop. Her story is she was adopted. Her adoptive parents became alcoholics and she was sexually assaulted by the gardener and had rejection and abandonment issues which didn't help her relationship with her husband. She understood why she had rejection and abandonment issues. And as I always say, understanding brings understanding, but forgiveness brings healing. And I'll repeat that. Understanding brings understanding, but forgiveness brings healing. So via Zoom, we took this couple through the powerful, or we took her particularly, we worked with them both, um, through the powerful forgiveness tool. And she did a lot of forgiving that evening. She forgave many people, but especially her biological parents, for the fear that had come to her as a result of the abandonment of adoption. The doors that be, had been opened to her so that she felt, in her words, like a vechoikant, a throwaway child. She forgave her carers for their lack of attention and interest, which resulted in the gardener having his way with her. She renounced the lies the enemy had told her that she simply wasn't good enough to be loved and nurtured. The lie that she was a vechoikant, a throwaway child. Towards the end of the ministry time, she could speak a prayer of blessing over the people she had forgiven. And then she listened and heard from Father God. He told her that she was not to blame for the sexual abuse, that she was his daughter, that he had made her and he loved her, and that he had a new name for her that day. So I said, so what is your new name? And she said, Sarah. Now, Sarah is also my daughter's name, so I know what the name Sarah means, but she didn't. The name Sarah means princess. And I was able to tell her that God has just told you that you're his royal daughter. You're highly valued. A few weeks later, on the final evening of the Love After Marriage workshop, her husband said, I have a new wife. So those are the three stories to give you a vision of what God does today. Now we'll look at a bridge which we'll build between the Old Test or the, the New Testament story and today so that we can understand the Bible passage better. Our reading today is from Mark chapter 5, verse 25. But the story is also found in Matthew and Luke. It's in the Bible three times. It's a difficult story for men to hear and for men to tell, and you'll find out why. It's a story within the brackets of another story, so it could be ignored, but Jesus wanted it told. So to create the bridge, let's look at three things so that we can understand the story. First of all, there's a word used in this passage that is not an English word, and it's the word sozo. Now, when you hear the word sozo, you may think about the gentle, quiet ministry that we run and facilitate in PBC. But the name of the ministry sozo simply describes what happens during the ministry time. But I'm not talking about this ministry today. I'm talking about what Jesus does. And the fact that he does it during the ministry time called sozo as well is simply a reminder of the beautiful work that Holy Spirit does. If you want more information about PBC's SOZO ministry, you can look on the website and there's information about the SOZO ministry and Art SOZO. But what does SOZO mean? There are a number of Greek words that mean healing. And I don't speak Greek, I don't know Greek, but I have an app on my Bible where I can press the word and the 
Greek word comes up or the Hebrew word comes up. So it's been quite exciting using that app on my Bible to discover all the things that I've learned for today. So there are a number of Greek words that mean healing or getting well. But the word sozo means saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. So it's more than physical healing. It's complete healing. It's wholeness. The word sozo appears 54 times in the gospel and 110 times in the New Testament. It's used to relate to deliverance from disease and demon possession. It, it's used to, to describe a rescue of physical life from impending peril or instant death. And it's used to describe spiritual salvation. So again, sozo is a word you need to understand today, and it means saved, healed, delivered, or made whole. So that's the first step in the bridge. The second step in the bridge is the prayer shawl. Now I have a Jewish prayer shawl here, which I borrowed from a friend of mine, whose mother-in-law gave it to him after she went to Israel. And um, this is what a Jewish prayer shawl looks like. And I'm going to read you the passage in Numbers where the Lord gave Moses the instructions about the prayer shawl. Throughout generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. Well, now this one isn't blue, it's white. <laughs> so it's supposed to be authentic because it comes from Israel, but it isn't quite what Jesus would have worn. Because Jesus was a Jewish man. You will have these tassels to look at so that you will remember all the commands of the Lord and that you may obey them. Then you will remember to obey my commands and will be consecrated to God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. So Jewish men were instructed to wear a, Jewish, to wear a prayer shawl as part of their garments, their daily wear. And Jesus would have been wearing a prayer shawl. There's another word picture that this prayer shawl shows you. I can only show you one side. And you can see the wings it forms. The Messianic promise in um, Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 says, The Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And that word, word the Hebrew word wings can also mean the hem or the tassels. And so you see two pictures here of what we need to understand to give us the background for the story. Now, I'm not going to wear this prayer shawl. Number one, I'm not Jewish. I'm a Christian. I have the blood of Jesus covering me. I'm in Christ. I don't need to wear a prayer shawl. I've been set free. I don't need to wear a head covering. I've been set free. That's what Jesus has done for me, and that's the privilege of knowing Jesus. So the corner of the prayer shawl and the blue tassel was to symbolize all the commandments and promises of God. And this woman in that we're going to be reading about, when she reached out to touch the hem of Jesus' garment, was laying hold of the promise of Messiah who would bring healing. The third part of our bridge between the Bible story and today, so we first we had the word sozo, then we have the prayer shawl, and now the condition of the lady. So it's a story within a story. Jesus had just got off the boat from the Lake of Galilee, and north of Galilee is where the town of Capernaum is. He got off the boat, he was still on the beach, and people were crowding around him, so excited to see him. Wouldn't you be excited if Jesus had just got off the boat and you were in the vicinity? Crowds and crowds of people around him. And then a man came up. He just pushed and shoved his way through. His name was Jairus. He was the synagogue leader, and he was desperate. His little 12-year-old girl was ill, so ill that she was nearly dying. In fact, she did die later on in the story. And he came and begged Jesus and said, Jesus, please come. And Jesus said, of course, because Jesus is kind. And so Jesus went with him. And can you imagine the crowds? Jesus is going off to do a miracle. Let's go and see. But then we have our story within the brackets of the story of Jairus' daughter. A Jewish woman. She'd been ill for 12 years. The same number of years as Jairus' daughter had been alive. She was a 12-year-old little girl. 
this lady had been ill with uterine bleeding for 12 years. Ladies, can you imagine the low iron, the tiredness? 2009 is two year, 12 years ago. That's a long time. She was a Jewish woman, so therefore she was ritually unclean. That meant that she was banned from worship in the synagogue or the temple. It meant that she was probably rejected by her husband, as intimacy was forbidden during menstrual bleeding, so uterine bleeding would have been included. She'd been pushed and poked and prodded by many doctors and paid lots and lots of money. How frustrating. And she couldn't afford to go to a doctor, another doctor. But the bleeding still persisted. She felt she wasn't good enough to be healed. Twelve years of religious, social and physical distancing from the people she loved. Feel of, feelings of insecurity, feelings of being dirty, of being unclean, of not being good enough. Twelve years of lockdown. But if we're going to be reading the story from Mark, so if we look back in Mark, these are the stories she would have heard, the testimonies she would have heard. She would have heard that Jesus healed another woman. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. She would have heard that a leper, unclean like her, had broken the rules and had come to Jesus and Jesus had healed him. She would have known that Jesus was quickly becoming so fam famous in her small hometown of Capernaum that four guys had taken the roof off the house and let his friend down at Jesus' feet for him to be healed. And Jesus hadn't moaned at them for taking the roof off. He'd simply healed the guy. And he'd had, friend with, he'd had dinner with a friend of a Roman, Levi, a tax collector, and taken criticism from the relig religious leaders. So just perhaps, maybe, Jesus wouldn't judge her for bre breaking her 12-year lockdown due to being ceremonially unclean and going out in public. Just perhaps she could sneak up on him and touch the blue tassel on his prayer shawl. The reminder that God keeps his promises. And just perhaps Jesus was the Messiah who had healing in his wings. So she fed and nurtured her faith in Jesus and drew courage from the stories or the testimonies of his love, healing and acceptance of others. In fact, it was all about Jesus and what he had done, and not about her faith at all. The lady knew her Bible. She knew the Messianic promises. She'd heard about Jesus, and she was determined to give it her best shot against all the cultural norms of her day and get healed and to be made whole. She wanted to be sozoed, to be saved, healed, delivered, and made whole by grabbing that blue tassel on his prayer shawl this woman was laying hold of the promise of healing. So let's read the story in Mark chapter 5. And we're reading from verse 25. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. <clears throat> now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors Yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up to him from behind and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to, him, to herself, If only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. And the word for healed used here is sozo, saved, healed, delivered, made whole. Verse 29. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. And that word for healed is physically healed. So she was physically healed when she touched Jesus. 
verse 30. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged through around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. And that word's not in the original, it's put in the English for us to understand it. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, who touched my clothes? The disciples, and Luke tells us it was Peter, the disciples answered, what do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him. When the woman who had experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling with fear, threw herself down at his feet, saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, and Luke says, Beloved daughter, Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. And the word for healed there is sozo. Healed, saved, delivered, made whole. Daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Go with peace in your heart and be free of your suffering. I remember about 15 years ago in Life Group, I remembered this Bible story. It was a Malawian lady in our Life Group. She lived at Garden City Heights with her two kids and her husband. And she didn't know how to get medical help here in South Africa. So she asked us to pray that she, for her that her bleeding would stop. She'd been bleeding for about six weeks. And so I got out the brand of local, local brand um, or cooking oil from the cupboard. Doing a prophetic act. Because James tells us to, to lay on our hands with oil. Um, and so that's a prophetic act of Holy Spirit's presence. And I anointed her with oil in the name of Jesus. And while I prayed for her, I remembered this Bible story. I didn't know then that Jesus loves to take a testimony and do it again. I hadn't realized the Bible is actually a catalog of all the kinds of interventions that God longs to do again. Anyway, I prayed that Jesus would, would heal my Malawan friend, just like he healed this lady. And he did. And then one of the more pastoral ladies in the group took her to see a gynecologist as well. <laughs> yes, he loves to do it again and again, through little old me and through little old you. So you've heard the stories of how Jesus did it in the past. We've heard of how he did it in the Bible. The lady in the Bible passage wanted to be healed, saved and delivered. And verse 28 uses the word sozo, for she kept saying to herself, if I only could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. She trusted that by touching the tassel on his prayer shawl, she would be made whole, saved, healed and, de healed and delivered. But the word for healing in verse 29 in the passage tells us that she was physically healed. Jesus knew by a word of knowledge that her desire was so much more than physical healing. She wanted and needed to be delivered from the effects of 12 years of rejection, of being isolated, excluded, and shamed. She wanted to be healed, saved, delivered, and made whole. All that the word sozo describes. Jesus wanted that for her, and she wants it for us too. That's why he stopped and waited for her to identify herself. He wanted to draw out the courageous woman who was hiding inside of her. He wanted not just to save her, but to deal with the effects of the pain and the years of suffering, the rejection, the trauma of isolation. He wanted to heal her, save her, and deliver her, and make her whole. And he spoke to her so tenderly Luke says, he says, beloved daughter. And the story ends with Jesus blessing her. Jesus said, daughter, because you dared to believe, your faith has healed you. So so do you. Go in peace. 
and be free from your suffering. And although the Greek word for peace here is Irene, the New Testament concept of peace is shalom. And the word shalom means wholeness, well-being, prosperity, security, friendship, salvation. Jesus was blessing her with the wholeness that shalom or peace brings. And he put this story in the Bible three times because he wants us not only saved, but healed, delivered and made whole. And he wants to bless us with peace, his shalom. So the final question after hearing the testimonies and reading the Bible story is how does this apply to us today? Like the women in the Bible story, we too live in a broken world and have been told by life circumstances that we are not good enough. John 10 verse 10 says the thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy. But Jesus has come to bring life and life to the full, life abundantly. Passion Translation says, I've come to give you everything in abundance, more than you can expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. But just as the enemy came to destroy this lady in the Bible story with illness, he's come to, comes to us to steal our joy, to destroy our joy, to destroy our abundant life. And you might say, life to the full, life abundantly, a nice thought, but I'm not good enough. I carry so much regret. I carry so much guilt, so much shame. In your head, you know that God loves you and Jesus died for you, but your heart tells you a different story. There's a disconnect between our heads and our hearts. Romans 10 verse 9 says, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And this verse explains why it's so important for our heads and our hearts to agree. Like the woman in the Bible story, I invite you today to not be satisfied with just having received salvation from Jesus, but to go after the more of the freedom that he has for you, so that you are saved, healed, delivered, and made whole. Please may I invite you to stand as we respond. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come with more, Holy Spirit. So let's deal with the lies the enemy's been telling us. May I invite you to close your eyes and ask Father God, what lie have I been believing? Is it the light that so many people believe that I'm not good enough? What would you like to leave behind on the field today and never have to deal with again? And perhaps the second question is, who do I need to forgive for introducing me to this lie? And then what effect has believing this lie had on me, on my life? And today I'd like to invite you to forgive the person for the situation that caused you to believe this lie. We've just heard that the Bible says if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. So I want to invite you to pray out loud after me. You may want to just pray loud enough so that you only hear yourself. But there's something powerful in praying out loud, as that scripture in Romans 10 verse 9 says. So would you pray after me? Thank you, Father, for forgiving me for all my sins. And because of your forgiveness, today I choose to forgive and then you may name the person. And then I'm going to ask you if you are prepared to forgive the person for the effect the lie has had on you all your life. Would you pray with me? 
and then maybe just quietly say the person's name. I forgive you for the effect that this lie has had on, you, on me all my life since the incident. And then I'd like to invite you to release that person from your judgment and put them into the hands of Jesus. So would you pray with me? Today I choose to release you from my judgment. And I put you into the hands of Jesus. Now I'd like to invite you to bless the person that you've forgiven. So maybe you just like say, person I've forgiven, I bless you in Jesus' name. Now we're going to take that lie that we've been believing and we're going to nail it to the cross. So Jesus, thank you for the cross. And today I nail to the cross the lie. And I'm going to use the one that I hear so often. I nail to the cross the lie that I'm not good enough. I break all agreements that I've made with this lie. The lie that I'm not good enough. Or you might want to add in another lie. And the spirit behind this lie. Jesus, I repent of believing this lie. Father God, will you come now and take this lie far away from me? Just imagine him taking it far away. Now listen to Father God. Father God, what truth? What is the truth you want me to know? That was stolen from me. And just listen. Listen to what Father God wants to tell you. And I suggest you write down what you heard from Father God straight away. Maybe make a note on your phone. So in closing, let's pray. I bless your spirit. The God part of you, the part that hosts, part of you that hosts the resurrection life of Jesus, to lead and be prominent over your bodies and your souls, that you can be attentive to Holy Spirit and to his invitation to seek Jesus not only for salvation, but also for healing, for deliverance and wholeness, for life to the full. I bless you with peace in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you'd like more prayer, there are many of us who would be willing to pray with you today. Thank you.